Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Money Talks. My name is Hugh Meyer. Hope you're doing well. Uh, very excited to have our guest today, Robin Santucci. Robin, how you doing? I'm good. Happy to be here, Hugh. Great. Thank you for being here. I just wanted to remind everyone, again, Money Talks was developed to connect entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and business experts, and to discuss how they're thinking creatively during some pretty disruptive times. And again, I'm excited that I've been able to connect with Robin, and we're going to uh, talk a little bit about family law today and how that's all been impacted. But I uh, just want to start very quickly, Robin, can you just give our, the viewers a little bit about your background? Absolutely. Um, so I've been practicing family law exclusively for 19 years. And um, I'm a certified specialist in family law, but this is really a second career for me um, because I started out in psychology, in clinical psychology, oh. and that was my focus um, all through undergrad and graduate school. Somehow I decided, hey, I don't want to go down that path. I want to go to law school and give it a whirl. So I feel like this is a real second career for me. But um, again, almost 20 years in, I feel like it's kind of sticking. And um, I ended up, you know, selecting family law just because of the humanity of, uh, of what we do. Um, and the people focus of what we do is very different than other kinds of law. And for me, given my background in psychology, I just am really drawn to that. I'm drawn to people and um, working directly with them and trying to, you know, improve their lives. People don't think of a divorce as necessarily improving their lives, but I do feel like people, um, you know, can have a second chapter. And um, so that's important to me. And that's kind of how I approach each case that I have. So that's like a, a real snapshot of my background. Thank you. I mean, that, no, that was great. I mean, it's a very, what you do is obviously very personal. Um, Yes. And um, it's and, and it's become, obviously, as we're going to talk, become very challenging here uh, over the last uh, over the last almost year now. So um, with that, uh, can you talk? Obviously, things are running very probably normally for you up until sometime in February and March. And then, as we all know, what took place with COVID-19 on, with the onset of the, the pandemic. Can you just talk about kind of the changes you've had to make, kind of how that's how it's disrupted your business and how you've had to evolve and kind of adapt. Yeah, absolutely. So I remember the first couple of months of this year, everything kind of status quo. The last time I was in court in person was February 10th. Wow. And I remember on that day hearing the news about this COVID, you know, I don't even think they called it COVID coronavirus and it right. had infected like 30,000 people which was like made the news, you know, worldwide. But to me, I was like, okay, you know, little did I know I would not be back in court. And I haven't been back in court since February 10th. We shut wow. down kind of with everyone else um, through the governor's orders, I think kind of beginning first or second week of March. And I've been working from home remotely, um, you know, with my assistant in a different spot, my office in a different spot. Um, and then using my home office, kind of like everybody else, you know, um, full time, where it was just sort of a 10% usage before probably. But um, so, yeah, it's been quite a process kind of um, figuring out how to do family law when the courts are closed, basically, except for emergencies. Right. Um, and they shut down, I believe, mid-March. They reopened um, to start handling hearings again in June. But, um, you know, they've really discouraged people from coming in and doing hearings in person uh, because 
they're trying to socially distance. They've got the court personnel, the judges, um, the people that, you know, security, the, all of the, the court reporters, all the people that work there. And they would rather, of course, do the hearings, at least in family law initially, and was required to do them essentially on the phone. Um, you could go down and do them after June um, in person, but, you know, a lot of people just don't want to take the risk of doing that. And the court discourages you from, um, from showing up in person because it just creates more people to try to protect each from everyone else essentially. Right. So, um, so it's been, yeah, I mean, initially when we shut down, it was a fog. I think everybody was in a fog, but, um, and I got a lot of questions about probably the initial ones on visitation. Do I have to let my kids go you know, to the other parent because they're not socially, well, we weren't even socially distancing at first. That was like a, a newer concept along with masks that we got to later, but right. they just weren't observing whatever the protocol, you know, in, in both households. So, um, and there, of course, there wasn't a good answer for that. I mean, you, the answer is essentially you always need to follow a court order if that's what you've got in place. Right. If you don't have one in place for custody, it was tough for people if they just had sort of an understanding and arrangement. Um, they didn't have a lot of recourse because again, the courts were closed except for emergencies and, and COVID-19 was not an emergency uh, for any one person, just that pandemic, because it would be an emergency for everyone. Right. So, right. Um, so that was kind of the initial phases. And then it was just a matter of what can we accomplish while we're shut down and we don't know how long we're going to be shut down. Can we use zoom? to have client meetings, to have mediations. Um, and people immediately turn to that kind of alternative dispute resolution path to resolve, you know, temporary orders, meaning right when you file, when you need support or you need to modify support, for example, um, or to figure out these custody wrinkles, um, which was a good, you know, way to go because the courts were not available. And it's a weird thing to have, not have the courts available for a lawyer. You can only right. do so much, right? Right. <laughs> um, uh, when you don't have that backstop, right? So um, it's challenging. Yeah. I mean, things are still essentially, I mean, they're open. They're fully right. force open. Um, we're going to be moving at some point, maybe later in the year to, to a, a video Zoom kind of a hearing format. Um, but for the most part, hearings are still on the phone, um, which again, is a strange way to do it. You know, you can have lawyer, but a couple lawyers on both sides, the client, an accountant, maybe. You're talking about eight people on the phone, along with the judge, along with the court reporter, listening and typing and trying to catch everything. I mean, it's, you know, it's better than nothing. <laughs> right, right. Um, but um, still has challenges to it. Yeah. Um, then, that's for yeah. That's for hearings, which, you know, we can accomplish a lot without, quote unquote, going to court. And I think settlements have not been impeded necessarily by COVID as much, which is good. Yeah, that, that, I mean, obviously that's important. Um, I'm sure that'll be interesting when you're doing those hearings as far as how that's going to be controlled, you know, with a chat and raising a hand. As far, I mean, that's a real... Raising a hand, exhibits. It, well, exactly. You know? These are the things that, you know, we're not, unless it's directly impacting our own professional or personal lives, people just don't under have understanding of how difficult your job, you know, has, has become and how you've had now have to manage. You still have to, you know, communicate with your clients and you still have to, you know, file and we'll get into that. Yeah. And, 
but it's not, you know, it's not a simple one, two, three anymore. And people don't hear of that, how, you know, how hard, you know, people like yourselves are working right now to uh, continue to service your clients. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's the alternative, right? I mean, (laughs) we still have people who need things and they want to move forward with their divorce. Um, So there's no really reason for them not to just understanding that if they need hearing immediately, they will probably not get a hearing immediately. Right. Because there is still such a backlog. Um, But yeah, I mean, the courts are still working. They never shut down for for processing paperwork. So you could file at any point for divorce. Um, just took a few additional days to get the paperwork back. So from that uh, perspective, if people are considering divorce, there's no reason to really wait. I do have several clients who are kind of waiting, you know, to see and trying to figure things out, waiting to move forward. They don't know. They're stuck at home. Um, you know, cause there are a lot of variables in play for people, but, but yeah, but the good news is, is the courthouse is still accepting all of the filings that you would want to file. Um, and processing judgments. If you can settle your case, send it in. They're turning those around very quickly. So there are some, some great spots to it. Yeah. Well, that's also important that you, you bring that up to the viewers and you've done a really great job on, on LinkedIn and your and doing your and social media as far as your, your very helpful one oh, or good. two minute videos. <laughs> um, you know, we connected a while back, but that was one of the reasons why, uh, I definitely wanted to have you on as a guest because you were starting to use and leverage social media to really communicate with not just your clients, but to, you know, to people that may need you as a resource as far as, you know, this is what's happening and these are kind of steps you should be taking, you know? So I, I applaud you for doing that. And it's oh, definitely, yeah. it, it, it's, you're doing a great job with it. It's very succinct and clear and, and it's brief, you know, it's, you know, one minute, two minutes and, you know, thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I figured why not do some videos? We're all stuck at home Um, (laughs) (laughs) and just can shoot them from here from my computer. Why not? You know, they're a little more engaging. They're quicker. I think we just like, we just are drawn to video. So if I have something I can add or say that's helpful, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And I think you started to already address this earlier, but on to our next question, as far as how should families, can families move forward? Obviously, you Mm -hmm. alluded to this, moving forward uh, with filing. um, Can you kind of take us through kind of what they should be aware of as far as- Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so there's so much you can be doing on your divorce while you're stuck at home or whatever you're doing during this pandemic. If you're sitting in front of a computer, if you have access to all your old files, there's a million things you can be doing. Because a lot of what divorce is, is homework. It's gathering information about all of your assets, finding documents that you're going to need that are either in a box, in a file, on your computer, and gathering and organizing them. You know, whether it be the deed to the house or current bank statements or life insurance policies, things that you haven't looked at in forever, you're going to need all of that stuff um, to fit into the disclosure requirements for the divorce. So why not be gathering them now? No one likes to do it. We all have to do it. Um, It can feel like a part-time job as you're going through a divorce to get all this paperwork together for your lawyer. But you know, a lot of that you can be doing now. Um, and also make a budget if you're, if you're going to, if you're living in the same house, but you are going to be, you know, moving out or you're looking at options for alternate housing because you're going to be splitting up, 
make a budget. You know, no better time. Again, something most people don't do. They don't live by a budget. They don't know whatever everything costs for them to live realistically. So another piece of homework you can be doing. Um, I mean, those are the main things. Hey, if you're in your house and you're going to be splitting up furniture, why not go around and make a list of everything? You know, this, you want this, your, this, your spouse may want this, or at least have an inventory. Maybe right. we don't have an agreement on how it's going to be divided, but you're at your house. Again, easiest thing in the world. Um, not something that you want to be doing, spending time doing in a normal, you know, we can all be out and about living our lives, but if we're already home, let's try to get organized. The more organized you can be, the less costly divorce is going to be, hopefully the less acrimonious too, because you can be kind of present what you want in one package, maybe. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a ton you can do. And certainly, like we said a minute ago, um, the courts are open. They're accepting filings. Um, none of that's impeded. It's a pretty simple start of the case when you go to file the petition for divorce. Um, you know, most cases in Los Angeles County ha have self-represented litigants. They don't even have lawyers. Okay. Um, but naturally, if you have a lawyer and a lot of what we're doing is meeting people on Zoom these days right. because we're not in our office to be able to meet people. And of course, you want to see face to face before you hire a lawyer. Although I've had people hire me. I just talked to you on the phone, which is crazy because I would think right. <laughs> you would want to, you know, kind of have some idea about who you're hiring. Right. Um, but, you know, people are confident. They've gotten a referral and they know enough about you and they've had a good feel um, that you can help them and you're going to guide them through this, then they're fine going forward with it. But um, so, you know, once you get your lawyer in place, if you do, that person can really drive the case forward and give you kind of a list of what you can be doing um, while we're again, all sitting at home, which is not the worst thing for a divorce because a lot of what we have to do, we do from and sitting in front of a computer to gather information. Right. So yeah, it's not the worst thing. I don't think. Right. No, well, I mean, that was great. Um, that was a lot of helpful information there. A very, uh, again, you're, you are a great resource. Thank you for being resource to me. And I mean, I'm sure your clients are very grateful um, for all that in, in that level of communication you have. I mean, that's kind of what I've been trying to do here, you know, with people like yourself is, you know, providing kind of really resourceful information in people um, because there's so much news flow and information right now. And, you know, what you do is a vital service to people. And I'm sure there's quite a few people out there who are not aware of the ability to kind of move forward and that, you know, the courts are moving forward and it's important that, you know, that information is communicated. So thank you for that. Sure. Yeah. I'm glad. Glad to be a help. Yes, absolutely. So um, I'm sure I'm sure people are probably wondering this. You know, if somebody if you're involved in a case or you know the situation where someone's lost their job and they're divorced mm -hmm. and they may not be able to pay, um, how how does that work right now? What's kind of the process involved there? Right. So a lot of people have lost their job or they've taken a cut in pay depending, right. you know, that's how we've been able to retain so many positions out there is that everybody takes across the board cut and pay. Maybe it will be reinstated. Maybe it will be retroactive. It's kind of anybody's guess at this point for people facing um, some kind of a, a problem with their employment or getting paid on a regular basis when that salary or that wage was the basis for a prior support order. Right. So um, what can they do? 
they need to, every lawyer is going to tell you they're going to need to follow court orders. If there is a, a support order in place, we've got to continue to make best, best efforts to, to pay that child support, that spousal support. If we cannot afford it, then we have to make an application to the court. The only thing that's going to relieve the burden um, to pay support, an ongoing support order, is a modification of the order. Okay. And so once you file for the modification, the court can have a look back from that date, even if your hearing is in two months or six months, depending, <laughs> let's say, crazy, uh, they will be able to retroactively give you relief potentially. Now, a lot of people, like we said, though, may get... Um, redistributed their salary or whatever, you know, retroactively, in which case the court's not going to have a reason to, to make the modification because ultimately, you know, their income was the same right. by the time you actually get to court. But it's good to have the modification on file um, because then you can at least say you've advised the court, you've advised the other party, hey, I've lost my job, my income's been cut, I cannot afford to pay this any longer. And some people just can't afford to pay it. They can't even afford to pay their own rent. Right. Um, so it's not like a great, easy solution out there. But the court, I think, is, you know, being faced with these day after day, these modification requests, and they'll find any way to look to other assets, look to loans, look to retirement, whatever they can do to try to figure out maybe how do we get money distributed to the family in this crunch time. Um, and they can be kind of creative with, with what they can do to make sure everybody's complying with the court order as best they can or give them right. relief on that front. So, no, that, that's very helpful because I, like you, you were saying, that's unfortunately, you know, a lot of jobs have been lost or we've had these huge deductions in pay, but yeah. your business, your world, for lack of a better word, is, is moving forward. Like the, the family law business, like other business still have to move forward. People still have to, as you said, make the best efforts mm -hmm. um, to comply with you know, with the court orders. So right. I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's not an ideal situation, but these things have to continue to be followed to the best of everybody's abilities. Yeah, exactly. So thank you for that. So what, sure. uh, just kind of concluding here, can you give our, our viewers maybe one or two pieces of, of, of helpful advice or things that people should be aware of kind of as this all moves forward? in the in the family law universe yeah i mean my best piece of advice which coming from a lawyer is not going to be unexpected which would be consult with a lawyer on your case you know i think a lot of people maybe don't need lawyers to do their entire divorce but reading about the law or figuring it out online or tips you know i'm all for tips and i'm all for for information that can give you kind of an overview of some area of family law. And I post those all the time that I think are really helpful, but they're not going to be specific to your case. It's worth a consultation with the lawyer by an hour of time. Um, if you don't know where to start, if you don't, if you're thinking about divorce, especially, it's great to bounce some ideas off the attorney. Here are the questions I have. How does the law treat my particular situation? Not just generally what I can, you know, read online. Um, I think, that would probably be my best advice. Um, you know, it's a limited scope kind of a thing. A lot of lawyers will do that by the hour um, at a minimum. I, I think that's what I would do. I mean, even if I were going through, you know, maybe not a divorce, hopefully God, you know, forbid, but 
<laughs> you know, any other kind of legal issue, I would hire a lawyer, even though I am one, because I'm not an expert in that particular field, right? So I don't want to miss anything. Um, I don't want to, you know, have somebody tell me, well, you should have done A, B, and C. Well, I never knew, but it was incumbent upon me to, to figure out what the law would do in that situation, right? So um, do yourself a favor, I would say, and just consult with a lawyer. Um, they can give you, you know, as specific as you, as you want, you know, how much time they can spend with you and you really get to know your background and consult with you. I think that's the best, best bet for people. So you don't make any missteps that you regret. That's that's great. Thank you for that. Uh, very, sure. uh, very helpful again. And please continue to uh, do do those videos. I think they're uh, they're great. Um, you're really you know kind of harnessing the the power of social media. But it's you know again being that resource to people that may not be your clients, but I mean one day they may. And it's it's great that you're out there doing that, trying to help people. So thank you for that. Will do here. Yes. No problem. <laughs> and thank you. Uh, thank you again for uh, spending some time with us today. It was, it was uh, chock full of great information. Very helpful. Um, definitely want to have you back at some point in time. I'm sure there'll be, with all the news flow, I'm sure there'll be more updates down the road um, in the world of family law that uh, you can help communicate. Happy to come back. Yeah. It's been fun. Well, thank you again for your time. Thank you again, everyone, sure. for uh, for tuning in to another episode of Money Talks. I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Please uh, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, smash the like button, and we'll be back with another episode mm -hmm. next week. Uh, thank you again. And remember Money Talks. Take care. Bye-bye.